episode six of the Omafra Field Crop Report on April 20th, 2016. Hey, management has greenlighted us for yet another week. I didn't know they were listening, or frankly, that they knew who I am. So here's what's tweaking your curiosity bone this past week. Many have observed the purpling of leaf tissue, otherwise known as anthocyanin buildup in the winter wheat crop. This is a stress response to large fluctuations in air temperature or other stressors like saturated soil. So if you think back to the past couple of weeks, air temperatures have ranged from high teens to low 20s and then down to freezing. So to me, that would be a pretty good example of a large temperature fluctuation. These stressors then will back up the cereal plant's enzymatic processes associated with photosynthesis. And this often leads to a deficit of phosphate, throwing photosynthesis off balance and unable to deal with all the light energy. Anthocyanins are there to protect the chlorophyll and light harvesting complexes from photooxidation. So to make an analogy, one could view this as a cereal plant covering itself in sunscreen to protect it from getting a bad sunburn. It's protecting itself from a stress. This condition of anthocyanin buildup is not considered to negatively affect yield, and if we look at the crop now versus a week ago, the plants have nicely greened up, and a lot of the purpling has gone away. So let's not lose any sleep over this. It's uh, a normal thing. And on the bright side, if some of the corn crop leaves turn purple this spring, which it seems to do almost every year, now you know why. It's just that plant lathering itself up in sunscreen, to protect it from a stress. Many have observed decent growth of winter annual weeds like chickweed, stinkweed, Canada fleabane, and as Peter Johnson, Leanne Freetag, and Emily Jones have all reported uh, or observed in the past week, some of that wheat crop is at the first node stage. So that means many will be turning their attention to herbicide applications in wheat. Now, when applying herbicides to control weeds in winter wheat, the temperature just before and right after spraying wheat will often determine whether, you're da- whether you damage wheat or not from herbicides. If air temperatures range from 3 to 5 degrees Celsius at the time of application, you may injure wheat, and the extent of that injury will largely depend on the health of the crop. A good, healthy crop, you know, less likely. A stress crop, more likely. Injury can occur uh, and, and vary from very minor leaf burn at the leaf tips all the way to twisted and even flattened plants. Research trials conducted by the University of Guelph from 2007 to 2009 and that purposely targeted herbicide applications to winter wheat when air temperatures approached freezing saw no impact on yield. So that's kind of the good news. Did it injure or was there an increased risk of injury? Sure. Did it impact yield? No. However, to err on the side of caution, it's best to wait for 48 hours after those low temperatures have occurred before you spray. You want to spray into a warming trend and give yourself some time after that cold event. The reason for this advice is that ultimately, we want to limit stress to any crop. And because the wheat plant will metabolize herbicide in that first few hours after application, If it's sunny and warm after spraying, there's less chance of damage than if it's cool and overcast. So 
you know, if it happens, is it a problem from a yield perspective? Well, the evidence so far would suggest not, even if there's an increased risk of injury. I guess the big picture is why put your crop through that if you can avoid it. So wait um, 48 hours to nicer temperatures, spray when you get a warming trend where the plant can metabolize it better, and probably avoid those large temperature fluctuations because, again, another stress, and we want to minimize stress. We'll close off this edition of the Omafra field crop update with corn, and some farmers have dabbled in planting a small acreage of corn, but provincially there would certainly be less than 1% of the total acreage planted. Most of the planting, to be honest, that has occurred uh, during the week of April 18th was to test out planting equipment or for test plots. Uh, should the long-range forecast of little rain and warmer conditions hold, a lot of corn will get planted near the end of April and into the first week of May, that's uh, for certain. So, so far, things are shaping up nicely. So let's remember that planting depth should be around five centimeters or two inches uh, deep as you want to avoid shallow planting, so less than three centimeters or one and a quarter inch deep, even into moisture, because this may lead to less favorable positioning of the growing point and the first nodal roots of the corn plant. This can lead to rootless corn syndrome. Coarse textured soils that dry rapidly at the surface will also be more prone to poor root establishment with shallow plantings. So let's get that planting depth at two inches and not too shallow. To minimize yield losses from weed competition, the corn crop, again, should be kept weed-free from emergence until the six-leaf-over stage of corn. But if our goal is to minimize weed seed return, you would want to extend that weed-free period up until the eighth-leaf-over stage. So that's it for this week. Omafra, field crop update. Hopefully we make it to uh, episode seven next week. If you like what you're hearing, uh, please tell a friend. If you have suggestions for how we can get uh, better, please drop me a line. And until next week, please work smart and work safe.